Welcome to 2022 and a brand new year of Toad's Tunes. And what better way to kick this year off sometime with the one and only John Marks. If you don't know the name, I can guarantee you that you know a lot of the folks in country radio that he's been behind. The likes of FGL, Old Dominion, Russell Dickerson, Mitchell Tenpenny, and Luke Combs, just to name a few. His career, it spanned the gamut of terrestrial radio in Southern California and Las Vegas to satellite over at Sirius XM, as well as streaming with Spotify. And now, today, what's he doing? Let's find out from John himself. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. No need to overthink it. Just get those bottles cranking. You know I want to hear you sing it. So beer up, party down, bring it on. You gotta take a little break for good. Welcome to another episode of Toad's Tunes. Today we get the luxury to sit down with... You're not going to like this, but I'm going to call you someone that I want to grow up to be just like, Mr. John Marks. How are you today? Uh, I'm uh, fine. Thank you. Good to be here. I've, I've uh, uh, been in Vegas for a couple of days and feel like I've been hit by 10 trucks, so just as usual. Exactly. <laughs> just as. So we didn't talk about your first sip of whiskey yet. So it's called Blue Valor. I okay. don't know if Chris said anything to you about it. No, uh, other than just when you, we walked in the office and it's uh, quick aged or however uh, you said um, it. Accelerated aging. Accelerated aging. So what Thank we you. did is, you know, being in the business that we're in, it's something we've always wanted to do. We do a lot of stuff for the well, police. Oh, this is your brand. It's our brand. Oh, wow. Okay. That's. Um, I never ask anyone for a biased opinion when it comes to stuff like that. Just like with music. I, just be honest. The end of the day is... It's not going to hurt my feelings, sort of thing. Yeah, no, it's. I'll say it's an interesting flavor. Yeah. Uh, as uh, as, and uh, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to whiskey uh, and bourbons. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm in the Woodford category and uh, you know Wellers and Blanton and so uh, so and and I wasn't uh, expecting the flavor that it is, but I got to tell you, as I've had uh, some continued sips, I do enjoy it. Uh, I don't know if I'd put it in a category of go-to quite yet, but it's uh, it's an enjoyable flavor and, it, it, and a different flavor, which uh, I'm, I'm I'll say I'm adjusting my palate to. During COVID, um, this was something that we kind of put together. Um, we have a friend that's in the business. We bought our we bought our corn-based whiskey, and then uh-huh. we brought it to town, and then we had this box of little bottles of all the whiskey, and we did some accelerated accelerated aging chips inside each one of them, and let them sit for so long. Some more, some less. And that's how we came out with an aroma that we liked. Gotcha. Uh, the the smoky it smells a little bit different in it a does. cup, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but there was something that that we all. I'm not a huge whiskey drinker, but I appreciate that because it doesn't burn like a Jack Daniels no, does. That's that's right, and I I kind of like the burn actually. Okay. Uh, so that that's kind of the difference between uh, you and me in that category. I I like a little. You know, uh, a little kick to know uh, what I'm drinking. You know? Sure, and uh, and that's kind of what took me by surprise on this is is not the lack of kick; it's just a different, it's different uh, acceleration. It, if you it will. finishes almost in a tingly. It way. does. That's exactly right. Yeah, you know, it's like an. And it took me for because I, I think the first question I ask you is it is it infused you yeah. know and uh, and uh, it's not but it's it kind of had that flavor for a second you know the goal of this is so we came out with it long story short it came out last year. Uh, some stuff happened. It always happens with partners, and then we came out with it this year. This was this is a year in the making. Wow! Um, but cool. we give back a percentage of everything that we sell to injured police officer fund uh, officers fund, which goes with the name Blue Valor. That's why we built it. That's what this is all about. I love that idea. Um, Congratulations! And thank you. My approach also to it was that I didn't want something that someone would just buy as a novelty. Right. I want something that someone may sip, not on a regular basis, but. Right. Something that they just don't put on the shelves and go, oh, yeah, I got Blue Valor. Uh, is it available commercially? Not yet. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Actually, we're hoping to have it. I have the bottles, have the caps. <laughs> 
I have the liquor. I'm waiting on some licensing on the label stuff, gotcha. and that's it. Um, well, congratulations on it. It does taste good, I will say. It's a different flavor. Yeah. Uh, and and there's say when you say, well, it's different, uh, well, that can mean a lot of different things. Uh, but I say different in a, in a very favorable way. It's, it's just like a it. unique taste and a unique blend. And uh, congratulations on the good cause that you're devoting to this as well. Thank you. I, and when it becomes available somehow, some way, before it's legal in Tennessee, we'll make sure that you get some. Uh, um, I'll I'll accept it gratefully. Thank you. <laughs> no, I can't just mail it. I know that's illegal as hell, but we'll figure out a way I to get it there. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to, you started in Vegas somewhat. Actually, you started in Southern California, uh, correct? I, well, I've, I've been uh, in it a long time, uh, since I was about 16 years old. You know, I, I worked radio in my local hometown. Uh, I'd say in the I'll say in the latter years of of radio my radio career, you know it was Las Vegas. I was uh, in Las Vegas, worked at KWNR, 1997 to 2004 or five somewhere around there. Uh, so it's a little bit of ancient history, but uh, it was like and I was just telling some folks the other day that when I was here, uh, everybody was talking about Steve Wynn's folly in building the Mirage and right. how ridiculous that was and look at it now. Uh, so that was kind of the era uh, that I was here where it was not as enlightened of a food town. Uh, and uh, But uh, I enjoyed my stay here. Country music uh, has been uh, really good to us here. We, we had a good run at the radio station. So went to KWNR Las Vegas, uh, KSON in San Diego, moved to Nashville and uh, got into some other things there. But you got into uh, um, satellite radio yes. and then from satellite radio into streaming. Correct. And now we'll get past all of that stuff and we'll get into where you are today. What I'm doing today is uh, working independently, and I'm delightfully uh, happy about it. Um, you know, I've worked in the uh, various ends of the music industry, the radio side, uh, the satellite side at Sirius XM, streaming side at Spotify, and there were uh, there are just a lot of constraints on what you can't do, uh, and you you fall in love, or I do, uh, fall in love with a, a lot of these artists. And you can only carry your involvement so far. It's kind of like a doctor, right. you know. You can only keep you keep an arm's uh, distance relationship, and you want to deepen your involvement with a lot of these good, hardworking, earnest people who want to apply uh, and do well at their craft. And you can only carry it so far. And uh, so, as I left Spotify, uh, I wanted to uh, find those artists who I could uh, link arms with and uh, work together in uh, developing their craft, developing their audience, developing their branding, and, uh, and I'm doing that right now full-time, and I'm loving every second of it. So being from the radio, satellite, streaming world, when you work with a new artist, what, what do you try and like, instill in them as a new artist? Like, Where do they go from there? Because you've got so much experience, and um, I guess experience is the best word, so much experience in the industry when you go to everything from radio to, dude, that's every facet of getting your stuff out there today from social. I mean, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you teach a new artist or how do you manage a new artist in that sense when you know what the ability to go so far as an independent versus, well, maybe that's not even the case because you look at a Cody Johnson, mm -hmm. um, a guy that went so far, like literally, to me, he's the pinnacle of what an independent artist does. Couldn't agree more. And he gets to a point where now he gets to delegate what exactly an offer entails for him. But how do you, how do you manage an artist that's just brand new on their way up and get them to that level without 
without radio, uh, without a label, with you know, um, because it's got to be grassroots. Uh, that's exactly it. Uh, and a lot of the artists I work with are right there at, at, at seller level, you know, with uh, with where their audience is, which is next to zero. Uh, you know, a lot of them haven't even released music yet, uh, and so getting their music to market. You know, uh, developing social media presence, developing their audience, and and actually it begins even before. To me, uh, you know, some people may disagree, uh, but you, you need to have somewhat of an audience on social media before you even release music, or it's just gonna Sit. go out there and not be heard or consumed. And so, you know, and and, and if I can, you know, get to an artist early enough, uh, and I have on a couple of occasions where, okay, we'll take you know three months to start building uh, a social media platform so you can have uh, a bit of an echo chamber for your music. And so uh, working uh, with that with, uh, you know, uh, a new duo called uh, Neon Union. Uh, and there are a couple of other artists who are uh, out there who are younger in nature, and, uh, and we're just taking time uh, to, you know, look at the music, review it for quality, you know, look at how we want to release it, but first and foremost, uh, start building your audience, and that starts with social media. Sure. When you when you look at someone at a level of Neon Union, you explained to me a, a little bit about who the guys were, and they're definitely a brand new artist per, per se. We're, we're working together, coming from kind of two different backgrounds. One still working, one works on the road in the industry. Yes. But you said that their dynamic together is what it is. How? How how do you what do you see in a person or a, a group like those two and go God I want to work with them? Well, I think first it's there. Uh, you know, in in this particular uh, case, uh, it's a it's the unique uh, blending of of their cultural backgrounds that are so dissimilar yet so much the same. Uh, and and that's what I love about it. You have Leo Brooks. You know who has uh, been and continues to be to this minute. Uh, Pitbull's uh, music director has been there for ten years. Has two Grammys on his own. You know he's he's got his own credibility uh, on the street. And then you have Andrew Millsaps, who is uh, a great songwriter, uh, talent uh, in and of himself. And and you, and and you look at these two people from entirely. You know Leo is from Honduras, born and raised in Honduras, emigrated to the United States. Andrew Millsaps, uh, he'll be from North Carolina, and and you bring these two together, and they're so alike in so many ways, and and it's just the chemistry is just there already. It's not something you have to like uh, pull together, and and so in channeling that energy uh, is is really uh, the the start of uh, what we're trying to do, you know, uh, building their social media following, uh, getting them uh, out and uh, and getting them playing together with more regularity because right now the challenge is geography. Uh, Leo. Lives in Miami, and Andrew lives in Nashville, and getting them together uh, to rehearse and uh, and begin developing uh, that chemistry on stage is, is the next piece of, of what we're trying to do. We you know we have them on social media right now. They're building their following on TikTok and Insta and all those other things that we need to do. And uh, next is to get them into rehearsals and uh, and get them ready to tour. Get them ready to play here at Stoney's Rock and That's Country right. too. That's exactly. the other side. February fifth. Fifth, yeah, <laughs> exactly right. I had to think about that one for a second. <laughs> so going into that, you you just started a, a brand new venture with Jimmy Allen, yourself, and Aaron Benward. Aaron, okay, Aaron Benward. Benward, yes. Does has Aaron done stuff here in Vegas he before? Uh, he's done uh, the acoustic the, stuff. Uh, the acoustic songwriter things uh, at some of the casinos around town. As a matter yes. of fact. Uh, 
has one uh, coming up tomorrow uh, right. that uh, one of my artists will be playing at. I've met him before. Yes. I didn't put two and two together. So is that the team? It's the three that of you? That is the team. Yes, uh, the management team, uh, so to speak. And, you know, Jimmy is the, uh, you know, he is the uh, bullhorn, you know, if, if you want to talk roles. And and uh, Aaron is the uh, songwriter, publisher, end, and uh, A&R. And we, we all, you know, we both serve as, as some of the A&R elements of finding the right music for him, setting him up in songwriting situations. And and I'm helping uh, with uh, streaming and radio strategies and music strategies and how we release and all those other things, working with the, the distributor to get their music out, all of that stuff. So we all have, and a lot of that is developing and evolving as as the band begins to evolve because they're just brand new, sure. get-go, ground-level, uh, exciting, fun, and uh, a lot of uh, work. We're talking about pushing the boulder uphill. You know, we're just now getting started. And and the the release uh, of their first song will be out New Year's Eve Eve called Beer Up, uh, and uh, and so that's so uh, so we're getting ready for that uh, coming up. So it's uh, it's exciting and, and some fun pressure that uh, that we're trying to just get everything pulled together for. So when you when you go back to do you still have a relationship with Spotify? Yes, like- you know we're still friends. Uh, you know I left and uh, and yes uh, still friendly with everyone and and actually all the all the uh, uh, streaming uh, platforms uh, based out of Nashville primarily but uh, elsewhere too but yeah so I guess my, my question would be when you when you go to playlist something like that you used to have your finger on something that was pretty strong there <laughs> yes. that you had the ability to introduce people to new artists and I was one of the consumers of that big time because I would go and I would listen to these these on a regular basis um, and people ask me where I find new music and I'm like dude it's, it's everywhere there's so yes. many places and Spotify had something neat in the the release radar yes. that would actually come across to the stuff that you do listen to and kind of put together this thing of all the new stuff that you kind of listen to, whatever. That was kind of neat. I loved New Boots. Um, but how do you go to an artist like Neon Union now and go, do you pitch that to Spotify and Playlist? That's because of your relationship with them still? Uh, short answer is no. Uh, the the way, uh, and when I was there uh, versus whatever is there now uh and i'm not saying that in a denigrating way just their their new systems and approaches uh is is different in how they're curating their music now and right. so uh the the their approach although it was evolving that way uh when i was still there was uh, looking more at social media and unearthing music uh through social media platforms uh, TikTok and Instagram and what's trending socially, although that doesn't drive the entire curation process, I'm sure, but it uh, it drives some of it, I would imagine. And uh, there's there's a and the algorithms at Spotify and uh, the streaming platforms, you know, kind of identify music, and so you know there's there's a, I, I'd I'd venture a guess, and I'm not speaking for Spotify, but I'm just kind of intuiting uh what i'm seeing uh as i keep my eye on the platform is there's uh there's less human curation more uh computer and algorithmic curation uh and and there's still human curation there too so i'm not saying the robots are in charge entirely you know but uh but there's a little bit more of that going on than when i was there and so uh pitching the music more comes from the distributors and uh, other people involved with the music and and you know it Rather than you know pitching uh, pitching the platforms every time uh, one of my artists that I have an affiliation with comes out with a song, which is very regularly, 
if there's something that's trending nicely and growing nicely, I'll, I'll call their attention to it if it hasn't gotten any love. And I, I kind of take it from that approach rather than uh, I've got a new song releasing every two weeks from some artist that they may or may not care about. You'd probably be sick of hearing from you at that point, right? Uh, that's that's kind of the thing, and I just keep <laughs> it in measures. Absolutely right, and and you know, I I, I you know just being there, uh, and and I trust, uh, I do trust their system and and how they're going about it, and uh, and when I've reached out in a way that's uh, that's reasonable and factual and non uh, non hyperbolic, uh, they they I usually get a, a an affirmative response, and so I, I'd like to try and keep it in that neighborhood. Absolutely, you'd be shooting yourself in the foot if you didn't. Yeah, I mean, in that sense, because it is a tool that gets used very very frequently. I mean, yes. We built Country AF Radio for uh, a solid reason, and that was because we were just tired of the same old, same old, same old, same old, same right old. On. And, it, and it gives us the ability to uh, expose a newer artist at whatever level they're at, which um, which I think is a positive um, more yes. than anything. And then getting to know the industry and people people trying to figure out how music works. And, and um, I, I guess a lot of my frustration, this is what happens here. Um We'll have an artist play. We we spoke about it earlier that I had like Jake Rose here and Dustin Lynch showed up. I would get these these people that would come to me and go. A couple different things would happen. I wish you would have called me. Well, why why would I call you? Why sh- why would I send you a text? Like why? Yeah. Just ex- ex- explain to me why I should do that. They get mad when they find out that an artist that played here before did play here before, but they weren't here for it. Well, that's what we do on Friday nights is we expose new artists to you, the consumer, in a different manner. It's right. not in, – in our market here, I think everybody knows that radio isn't as popular as it was back when – let's just say when you were there. Right, true that, on that. That that's sort of thing. So, absolutely I mean, right. Where else are people consuming m- music from? And what we do um, – to cultivate the artists that come through here on a Friday is we do our research. That's what I do. I always listen to new music and try and find new artists, see what their following is. Actually, if I like their music, I don't care what their following is because I'll go back to a Russell Dickerson. His first time he played here, he played here seven times. His first time he played here, 250 people were here. That's it. Right. And it was when we first started doing the music stuff here on a regular basis. And then his last two times before yours was really anything on radio, sold out his last two shows. But that's kind of what we like to do here. And, so when, when you speak of new artists, you're kind of doing the same thing that we are. You're teaching them, molding them, exposing them. Yes. But h- how do you teach them how to be social? Because this is a two-part thing that I look at in a sense of you're not social. Um, I, I know Jimmy is. Yeah. Um, and I don't know much about Aaron. I know who he is, but I don't know much about him in that sense. So you guys have a team that, A, teaches them how to do that kind of stuff, and B, Part of this, I have a I have a good friend. Her name is actually my buddy Ian's girlfriend. Um, we were driving in the car one day, and Andrew Janokas came on um, Country AF Radio, and she starts singing the song. And I'm like, first of all, you don't listen to country, so how do you know this song? And her response, TikTok. Yep. So how do you teach these these these? I'm just going to call them kids per se because they're uh, kids they in the are, industry. And I, I use that term affectionately. I yeah. mean, because you know, they're my kids, and uh, and yes, uh, so I, I'm with you on that term. So how do you teach them how, how to be social? And and I guess what I'm saying is I know that, that people that are upcoming artists will listen to this. And what can you give them in an experience-minded manner without them being under your wing? Like, how, how do you teach these artists? Do you guys have a team that's behind them that shows them, hey, this is what we should do? Or do they just follow what Jimmy does? Or... 
Uh, Jimmy uh, is a boost. There's no two ways about that. Uh, and Jimmy's friends, uh, you know, have the ability to boost uh, Neon Union when that moment arrives. You know, but it uh, they started out with uh, zero following, and I'm proudly not a part of the social media uh, thing. Uh, and uh, uh, just because I'm not a part of it doesn't mean I don't know what you need to do or how to do it. You know, I think right. that. Uh, and, and I have a, uh, a team uh, of, of people who help me develop those ideas for uh, artists. And, and really what it is is like, okay, who are you uh, as artists? What is your – and it's like, it's, it sounds clinical – uh, but it's true. It's like it's a what is your brand identity and who are you as artists and who are you as humans? What are your values, sets and structures? And and oh, by the way, yeah, oh, yeah, you do music. Yeah. Uh, and and it's uh, it's about not only uh, calling attention to the music uh, because but but it's uh, and, and so many artists, that's all they do is just post about their music. And that's that. And. You know the what we're trying to do is is help them build uh, familiarity, identity, uh, you know, uh, loyalty uh, among people who are following them, and uh, building in reasons why uh, that audience should should spend time, their valuable time, you know, listening to them, watching them on social media, and then listening and following their music, and so. It, it kind of is a hand-in-hand building process where you have this and, okay, oh, they got music too. Cool. You know, let's go over and let's listen to the music now that we've been following on, on social media. And, right. and that's the kind of that building process. Do you do – you, um, you said that they did just start on their TikTok stuff. And I'm a true believer in showing someone your true character of who you are as a person. Yes. Because if they can get an attachment to you, who you are as a person, they're going to be biased towards your music. That's right. I, I, That's the theory. That's yeah. the thinking. Yes. I would think that in any sense. You know, uh, <laughs> I sat in here one day with um, um, Carly Pierce, and I asked her something – in regards to that, and she just says that she wished the paparazzi wasn't the paparazzi and that she hates that she can't go to Target. And I'm like, well, you, you, you chose this career. This is what you chose, and that's what happens. I look at the social world that we live in today and that people are just so knowledgeable about what you're doing because that's what you're sharing. You're sharing that you're a human. You are. you know, And it's like back in the day when I was programming uh, radio, I would tell uh, the announcers, the, the personalities, you're living your life on the air. Yeah. And – People need to know who you are and what you're about. In addition to say, hey, everybody, here is the new song by Luke yeah. Cobbs. Uh, yeah. And, and you know, that's a piece of it. But in order for them to be loyal to you and, and tune into you every day, people need to give a shit about you. Sure. And and if they don't give a shit, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're not going to care. You know, it's like an L, when you start talking, they'll be going somewhere else and they want to, you want them dialed into what you're saying. Right. And, uh, and I think it's the same uh, principle applying in social media. And that's where I think, yeah, you know, when you're, when you're a celebrity, you know, all you can think about it is getting there. And then once you're there, you're saying, what the hell am I doing with myself? And, yeah. and that's not the case. You've been working your ass off to get there. Don't forget and when it. you're there. You know, welcome, you know, and, yeah. uh, and a lot of people, you know, there is a price to pay. You have to be careful. You have to be, uh, but I, I think if, if as long as you're yourself and who you are, people people will accept that, and you'll always get people who are messing with you. So that's sure. just how it's going to be, and uh, that's just life. I think with the growth of any kind of status per se, musician, celebrity, what whatever it is, it comes with the territory. But 
I look at stuff when when people get to that certain level, they have to accept where they came from. That's and, right, and still and still understand that that's what they like. You just said they work so hard to get there. Then when they get there, it's kind of like uh, they don't want that. But I don't know. I laugh at. It. I just heard a story the other day. Um, we actually had uh, Jordan Rowe here, and his old tour manager came through with Jordan Rowe, and he was saying that that. Uh, that Pardee still goes out and in the town that he lives in back in Tennessee that he'll go to the target and he gets sticks out like a sore thumb. I mean, the dude's yeah. tall as hell, always <laughs> wears hats, but he's one of those guys that enjoys it. <laughs> he's unabashed and unapologetic about who he is. And yeah. that's, that's where you have to be, uh, and, uh, in life and, and where, where you're showing us like, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, Carly is beautiful, uh, young lady dolled up, you know, it's like, what does she look like without makeup? You know, it's like, and, and it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, just be yourself and be who you are. And, 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 you know, you're living your life in the media anyway. And that's really the, the true currency that an artist has because radio is a tougher, uh, element to, uh, to, to, uh, filter into streaming is a tougher element to filter in through. The, the only choice that a new artist has today is to build their audience, yeah. build it from the ground up, and build that following and build that loyalty, and then those things kind of come into place. And, and, and in order to do that, you just have to be who you are, because if not, if you're trying to create a character, you know, it's not going to last long, and people see through the baloney. I'm going to tell you that I had an artist that came through here and recorded a single and played the single. It did go to radio, and I haven't heard from him since, and... Part of the process in talking to him here was that he he explained to me that he took on that song because he knew it would get radio play, and um, it was a jump start for him, but it wasn't real because yes. the end of the day that the truth's always going to come out no matter what it is in that sense. Yes. Um, the fun of a music career. I love this in a sense of having goals for your artists. Um, Dylan Carmichael just rolled through here. I have a great story about Dylan. I love him. He is such a, a, a neat dude. He and, is, he and is a real deal. And he's got family in the industry. Come yes. on. So I was back at CRS, I think the last time that I physically saw you. Um, they did a giveaway for a show here in Vegas for uh, Dylan Carmichael. And our radio station, KWNR here, won it. And uh, I was standing there. And I was standing there with a guy by the name of Chet Buchanan who comes from uh, 98.5, I think he's been in radio forever, pop radio. And he came up and asked me two questions. The first question had to be with how I was, and the second one was, man, ballsy move starting country AF radio in a market when there's two radio stations already. And I just kind of looked at him, and I go, dude, first of all, how the hell do you know that? I, he's like, I pay attention to everything. And I go, wow. B, I, I'm here to shake shit up, because the end of the day is... My personal opinion is that radio is tough, man. I want to say sucks, but it's just tough yeah. because you listen to the same shit. When you talk to any program director or anybody in the industry, they'll tell you the same thing. I have a 20-minute window, period, end of story. And that's why they play the same music over and over again because nobody's really listening all day. That's their, that's right. their mindset, which is probably the truth. It's absolutely true. <laughs> but I'm going to go back to the other side of when the, the radio station here wins the free radio show. Someone in Carmichael's camp stands up and goes, fuck yes, we get to play Stoney's. Let's move forward four or five months from there. They did not play Stonies. They put them at Gillies. So I was kind of frustrated at the whole thing. So what do I do? COVID ends. Start going back to booking again. I already know who's part of his publishing camp, so I reach out and I said, I want this show 
And it means something to me because I want him to come play here and I want him to come play here, not because I want a fucking free show, but because I want him here. So I got him here and I sat down in this room in here and I had fun with him and we talked about stuff and I said, listen, I don't chase too many artists. I do. That's probably not the truth. There's a lot of artists <laughs> that I do chase to get in here. But we have a great venue. It's a great experience. So I'm not, it's not too hard of a sell once you get in touch with him. Yeah. But he had goals and his goals were to play the Opry. And the neatest thing about him was the first artist to ever work at the Opry that played the Opry. I love it. Which is the neatest thing. His other two places, to play Stonies and to play Billy Bob's. Wow. Yeah. And so he hadn't played Stonies yet until that night, which was neat. And I explained to him that, hey, man, when that Billy Bob show comes, don't forget me. Just let me know when it is. Make sure I get in. I'll get my ass there. <laughs> you do the rest. That's cool. But do you talk to these artists when they're on their way up and, and set expectations and set goals like... Like that? Uh, absolutely, and uh, and you know, with uh, Neon Union, you know, is uh, in a different category than some of the other artists that that are more in the developing, uh, more neonatal developing, you know, in, in terms of where they are in the process, and you know, they have you know uh, some doors open to them, Neon Union, uh, with with Jimmy Allen and and touring with him that. A lot of baby artists uh, don't have access to, which is a unique advantage for them. And I, and you know, it's a and it's a good pressure uh, as as you know the the group managing them to to have them uh, ready uh, ready to play and ready to show uh, because you you know you only have one time to be new uh, yeah. and and you have to do it right. And so and that's that's kind of that piece of of the puzzle. And and it's kind of like in a weird way, it's kind of like uh, you know. Uh, it's it's too much too quick. It, it can be uh, in, in the in a in improper situation. I think that they're going to be ready, but it, it's uh, you know it's like it, it it's uh, it's kind of uh, you know, losing a step in the development process, but in a good way. Uh, but uh, but in the in the other situations, it's yes, you know, we'll set goals like, hey, I want to I want to do rider rounds, and and everybody wants to sell stadiums and all that other you know stuff, be on the radio and blah blah blah, you know, and that's that's all kind of like part and parcel. But but in order to get to that piece, you got about you know 500 other steps that you have to engage in and, and accomplish, and and I think the the one element uh, you know that that. You know, I'm missing in in my enterprise. Uh, I, I don't call it a weakness, but you know, it, it's just simply having a, a way uh, to get these new developing artists out on the road and and building their brand and building their following and audience. You know, in uh, in the touring category, live appearance category. You know, there there are plenty of opportunities in Nashville for them to play, but that's limited in nature. Uh, but uh, so, really, the getting them out is is really a primary objective of, of ours. And and I will say the, you know, with a with a lot of the artists, they're kind of uh, in their own uh, way. Uh, they they work their themselves uh, into whatever they're able to find in terms of that capacity. So uh, they're 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 their own better friends when it comes to booking themselves. Sure. And uh, and that's that's very helpful. But you know, it is about building your social media, you know, 
consistently releasing, working on the quality of your songs and songwriting, you know, releasing, uh, releasing in a proper way and, and utilizing the release opportunities for, uh, for, for uh, stimulating the algorithms and, and, you know, thumping your social media algorithms and, and generating a response so that people will take notice not only in your audience but also uh, in the other uh, digital streaming platforms, radio, whoever else is watching those things. And, and that's where they're watching to find their music tips right now. Do you do you take an artist like Neon Union um, after the Jimmy Allen stuff is done? Do you put them back out on the road by themselves as kind of like just a, a follow up? I mean, I, what is that stop? Five or six stops in, uh, in the beginning for them? Or? In the in the beginning, and uh, it runs through uh, May, as my memory serves. With uh, going out with Jimmy uh, Allen. With Jimmy Allen. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, uh, his headline tour. And, and what we're doing, yeah, is we're, uh, in addition to that, we're, we're looking to find supplemental uh, gigs, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that in the surrounding areas. You can say it. Opening don't pay shit. <laughs> <laughs> it does not. Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, Mr. Uh, Mister 15% here. No, not going to see anything. So it's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> I got it's... five on it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. Thank you. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, and so we're just trying to, yeah, just get them out and, uh, and, and, getting work and I say working out in, in a training sense you know it's like the more you know, the more you're on the road and the more you you get that experience the better you're gonna be at at uh, at reading the rooms and doing what you need to do and and right now they're you know, they're they're looking at uh, 30 minute or so sets uh, in, in terms of opening and and uh, they've got a good uh, they've got a good capacity there they've they've got a good uh, you know uh, rapport uh, but uh, but when they're doing club gigs, they're going to have to do 90 minutes, two hours, three hours, uh, you know, and and so they're going to need to uh, you know increase their repertoire pretty quickly, and Absolutely. and that's our next stage of development with them is okay, we got a good 30 minute uh, roll with uh, Jimmy's tour, and and they've been out and about already uh, with Jimmy and and on their own side gigs. Uh, and uh, and now it's like a build up uh, to where they can do you know two hours nonstop. That's that's a long time. That's a Broadway thing, man. Uh, it, exactly, it is a Broadway thing. And uh, doing keep them away from there. <laughs> no, it's like I I think that you know the there are two ways of looking at that. You know, it's like that, uh, and I'm not saying that's incorrect. Uh, but also, you, you look at it as the world is coming to you, uh, and and take advantage of it, and use it to build your audience in some creative ways. And Absolutely. So, and so, you know, uh, you can, and I, it, rightfully so, you can look at it as a grind. And this is where industry speak and artist development really doesn't work together because, you know, the industry, yeah, they're stuck on Broadway. They're not going anywhere. Uh, and you know, it's like I say, hey, work on Broadway, build your audience, build your following, build your socials, you know, build that connectivity, you know, dump your covers and start working on original songs and uh, and use it as an opportunity. I'm gonna enjoy this. So we've had a couple artists that have come through here that have done just that. The problem is, is they don't commit themselves to getting off of Broadway. One and done. That's basically what it is. Is an opportunity to get out, do their own stuff. But you know what? The money is so good. So to find that person that's going to leave that Broadway side is very difficult because it's consistent money. It pays their bills. Uh, it uh, it does. And uh, I know of a couple who are uh, embedded in that process. Yeah. I, I can. I'm with you on that. It's tough. Uh, and you know, but I think that you. It is difficult, but you know, you have, and it. 
you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it depends on what you want out of it. You know, uh, if you just want a place, a place. If or... you want to, and, and it's like there, you know, it's like I've known uh, music producers who just want to make music because they are in their own mill and they're doing stuff just to crank it out, and and they have a creative impulse over here, and they just want to release music to release it. You right. know? And, and it's kind of like a, another avenue for them, and they don't care if it gets heard. They don't care if they're stars. It's they their just want to put it out. It's an right. outlet. Yeah. And and I think that you know the 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 thing about musicianship and artistry is is like it depends on what you want out of it. Some people, and it's like, hey, it's like the the first objective, you know, especially with the developing artists and all that is. Start being able to make your living doing music, uh, and it's difficult to be able to do that just on streaming royalties. It's a difficult sure. process if you're not getting out and about. Uh, and some people are happy just making their living, releasing their music, doing that stuff, maybe picking up some gigs along the way, and doing Broadway, and that's cool. I mean, and, and they're their, happy with that. To each their own. I, uh, yeah. Um, I've had a couple artists that come through here that have spent some time down on Broadway, and. I see the tough side of it all. I really do. Um, just because now that you say, I've never thought of it that way. There's there's um, a guy by the name of Scotty Mack. He's out of San Diego, I think, California, Southern California. He played here. When he played here, we sat in the back in the hallway, and he was sitting on the ground restringing his guitar. And he's like, you know, man, it took me four years to get in here. And I like looked down, I'm like, seriously? I'm like, he's like, dude, I wrote you four years ago. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh-huh. But I see a show. He's phenomenal. He's just. He's loves what he does. He's passionate. But then I know that he goes to Broadway, and I never he plays Old Red a lot. Uh-huh. And I never, until you said this, put correlated those two together of going there to build an audience. Never, never, gotcha. ever, ever thought of that because I've had other artists that come through here that make their living there. Yeah, Scotty Mac does not make his living there per se because he lives in Southern Cal- California. But then I've never actually put the two of those together. That's an opportunity for them to build an audience because. Nashville, when you go play Broadway, I would say that what maybe ten percent of them are locals. If you're if you're lucky, depending yeah. on a given night, yeah. But that's a blessing for them. That's precisely it's a it's a hipper Branson, you know. It's like uh, and and I just I shouldn't use that in the same breath, but it's like you, you have everybody is coming to you and yeah. and that's uh, that is opportunity right on a silver platter that that probably uh, enough artists don't take a minute to think about. Uh, and they're thinking about tips, they're thinking about whatever they're making uh, in the night, and that's happy with them. But uh, what are you actually doing to capture these individuals? Abs- I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm literally going to, so far, this is something that's going to hold very high in regards from this conversation because I never, ever, ever thought of it that way, ever. I just thought it was a place to go play covers, but I never thought of the interaction. Or I just was back there for Thanksgiving, and we went to uh, a barbecue place, and there was a guy playing. He had this big, huge banner, and his focus was his QR code. There you go. To send him money. Uh-huh. And, but that's twofold. He's getting a tip, and he's collecting an email address. And exactly, and and it's like uh, a lot of like uh, Chancey Williams, an artist I'm working with, uh, who is uh, playing during NFR. You know, on the on the big screen, he's he's got his QR code, and it takes him right to a Spotify page to his new song. And beautiful, and it, you know, it, 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 those are you know just too easy for free things that uh, uh, any artist can do to uh, to build their fan base without doing a darn thing except uh, a QR code, and anybody can do it. 
Always be selling. Always. Always be selling. And, and artists and artists who say, I don't like selling myself, well, then you're in the wrong business. Right, because that's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're selling yourself, and you're letting people know just who you are That's if, if you're doing it right. And that's the name of the game. I said this a long time ago, that a person that sings in a band uh, has got to be a little different. That's right. They, ha- they have to be not afraid to be criticized in public. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent at that level, but there's definitely. Right. I always used to say there's something wrong with the singer, um, <laughs> because you're literally putting your life on on in a movie. Like everyone is well, living this movie with, with you, and and that is really the thing. And that's that's where I tell uh, artists that I'm working with, and those I'm not. Uh, yeah. It has nothing to do with. It's just simply this: is is yeah. It's it's not enough to be a singer songwriter anymore. That's only the beginning. It is, uh, and and you are you have to look at it like you're a multimedia uh, artist star. However you want to categorize yourself in that area, it's like you're not only singing and songwriting and releasing your music. You're on video and the socials and YouTube and and all these other things. And and your job is not to just do that anymore. That's uh, that used to be the case. But now you have to be uh, across multimedias and be uh, proficient not only in the singing and songwriting category, but in how you present yourself to the world and these other medias too. And and without all of those things working into place, it's 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 always going to hobble your growth if you're not if you're not fueling uh, those all of those engines properly. You're an entertainer across the board. Exactly right. In your personal life and your and all of that. Ever since we started Country AF Radio and I started to get a better following, a better following, I started to step away from my at-home life, per se. I'm still a human. I still post some stuff, but I don't post as much about my personal life because it freaks me out when I come in here and someone walks up to me and said, dude, how was Nashville? The Opry looked awesome. And I go, it was fun. It was really cool. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> I, t- I tell you, that's what drove me out of social. I mean, uh, you know, it's like as a as, as a person involved in choosing music, uh, you know, it, it, it kind of that piece of it chased me out because it was uh, there were too many touch points and I couldn't keep up with it. It wasn't I didn't like it. Uh, I just thought I couldn't do it justice. It's and, consuming. And uh, and and so that kind of drove me out of it. But that, too, is like, oh, gosh, you know, you were on vacation and that looked really cool. And I was like, you know, all of a sudden, man, you know, people are uh, are, you know, peeking behind the curtain a, a little too much. Right. Uh, you know, and that's cool. I mean, you know. People are interested in what you're doing. I guess that's cool, uh, but uh, you know, it, it's like I'm not sure. I'm. Uh, it, it's like I'm not sure. It's like uh, you can look at my slides of the vacation if you want to come to my living room and I'll trap you. I'll, I'll play slides to you like right. the old days, you know. But uh, but having that just kind of come out of the blue is is was disconcerting. I have well, to agree with you. They come to your house. It's invited. Yeah, exactly. I look at in a sense when I when you know I told you before um, my clothing company is I'm famous enough. I in in this environment. I am. This is exactly what I want to do, where I'm at. Um, I want people to get to know artists a little bit better. And my main goal of that is to show them that they're human. And that's why my conversations yes. that I have with them, it's not, I can tell you that this Saturday, uh, Jordan Rowe, I sat down with him. His TM sent me over uh, a piece of paper with talking points on it. I, I was like, that's cute. <laughs> and then yeah. a few weeks prior to that, I had Craig Campbell in here. And I sat down with Craig Campbell, and one of the things he said to me is, oh, thank God you don't have a piece of paper in front of you, and you're just going to read off all the answers that you could Google and get on your own. <laughs> and I yeah. went, dude, you're, I, I've never done that, nor will I ever. I would rather sit here with an artist that that is new 
that I know nothing about and mm-hmm. just have a conversation because that's yeah. kind of what, you know, here it's a little bit um, uh, kind of focused on where you are today and what you're doing. But truth be told, with an artist, I don't want to know anything about them because I just want to see where the, where it goes. And Yeah, I, I'm the same way, uh, actually. Uh, when, when I have an artist meeting or, you know, not only uh, in my business capacity now as I'm, you know, uh, work to, uh, I've got a business and so I'm, um, I'm selling some services. Uh, but also just in, in general, uh, I never read ahead. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, there is this, you know, I, I like operating from a point of naivete, just like a brand new fan. And who are you? What fires your rockets? What makes you tick? And, and I, I like hearing the story come out of their mouth instead of something uh, on, on a website. And, and I, I agree with you. I, 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 and after a while, okay, you're just going to have to not. Uh, it's like, but, but there's only a, a little while where you can have that moment of, of just pure curiosity and uh, interest in, in where they are and what drives them. And, and well, that's, uh, that's valuable to me. You get the opportunity to pull something out of someone that, that wasn't um, set up. That's per se. right. And I think that's the or fun of handlers it. or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I laughed. I've come in with a couple and their managers would come in here and go, uh, yeah, I can't talk this, this or this. And I'm like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but most of it's politics, which right. whatever, of everyone's course. got an opinion on that. And that's right. t- especially these days is such a touchy subject that I don't, I don't even want to get into it with anybody because it ain't worth it. No, you'll never win. Yeah, exactly. So your, your goals with your business right now, I mean, are you, you, are you t- are you taking over the world? I mean, do you? I guess I, I look at a sense like I, I look at where Cappy came from and what he's doing in this this this. I would call he's it a herd. The empire, yeah. <laughs> a herd. He's got a herd. He's got a herd. I mean, is this is this kind of what you're trying to do in the same sense? Uh, With a little uh, bit different experience, uh, you have. You know, I'll say no. Uh, and you know, Cappy. Uh, Cappy, uh, who manages Luke Combs and a uh, and a bunch of others, uh, you know, that of artists that both of us know and love. Uh, I, I I think I just want to I want to be happy uh, in uh, working, continuing to work in music. I've been uh, doing this since I was sixteen, and I'm sixty eight just uh, last week. Happy and, belated. Uh, thank you, and I'm I'm just happy to still be doing this, and uh, and every inch of my life in, in doing music I, it has been a happy experiences uh, by and large and and this is kind of another adjunct to that where you know I, I'm working with artists that I like uh, that I know that have potential that are hardworking in and of themselves and I don't have to push them right uh, and and I, I just I, I guess I just want to be happy and working with artists whoever they are uh, and and working with them and uh, and, and you know, also uh, helping them to develop, lifting them up, uh, and and working uh, in those directions, and paying my bills and uh, and just being happy with it, uh, and and that's really what my personal objectives are. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want an entertainment empire. I just want to have fun and and work with artists who are hardworking and and try to help them make their livings in in the music and uh, media industry. Did you guys sit down in the beginning and kind of get an understanding of how many artists you wanted to work with? Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, no, uh, because and and I'm trying to say this without 
sounding weird, but I, I didn't I didn't know if uh, if anybody would even care to work with me, you know. Uh, and I know you're giving me that puzzled look. And it's like as as I as I started off in this, and it's like it's entirely different when you're working at a an, an entity like SiriusXM or Spotify, right? And and you're in a different position uh, than you are if you're out on your own and no sure. longer affiliated. Uh, and I, I wasn't sure just where where the business would take me, quite frankly, the independent piece of the business. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that actually some people said, yeah, I'd like to work with you. So Think about your experience alone, though. I mean, I, I look at stuff, and I always joke with my girlfriend. And I say, when I grow up, I want to be just like John Marks. And the reason why I say that is— You're very nice. Uh, well, I say it because of this. Your, your reputation and your name speak for itself um, for someone that's— that does what I do because the amount of artists that come through here and have a respect for you is uh, you probably know, but you probably don't know because it's very high. And I look at stuff like that and I look at your track record of where you've been. And it's, it's, um, I look at your move from Spotify to doing what you're doing now, um, um, uh, as st another step up in your career path because yeah. at 68, probably don't have to work, but you do it because there's such a passion for it. And I think that uh, you underestimated what the value that you bring to uh, a new artist is because when you speak new artist, your name is always in there because you've, uh, you've, you've always done what you've done. And our market here in Vegas is literally what, what I'm known for. As mm -hmm. I go back to the 1990s, I just aged myself, um, <laughs> and I go into the early 2000s, my focus was how can I expose new artists um, I yes. had a website here. Uh, I would, dude, I would literally four wall the House of Blues and I would bring in these independent artists. I had to deal with the House of Blues. I had to deal with Budweiser. I would make compilation CDs just to expose music. It's just, and it was on my own dime. I wasn't rich. Uh, I didn't have any money, but I did it because it was a passion project per se. Yeah. But then I learned how to make money doing it. And um, that's where I am today. I told this story n not too long ago. Back then, I had, there was three things I wanted to do. One, help a band get a record deal. Two, be printed in Billboard. And three, be <laughs> printed in Rolling Stone. Love it. And I quit in, I think, 05 or 06 because I did all of those. I helped three bands get deals. One of them you're probably very familiar with. Um, I finally got a plaque on my wall that says something. It was the Killers. Uh -huh. um, they're from here. Um, their, their first... Uh, um, manager Braden Merrick was someone that came to me and was asking about music stuff and we kind of like introduced the two together and then you have the killers I help another band called um, Fatter Than Albert that became RCA actually I was just really I've, good I've friends with them I've actually heard that name yeah I was really really good friends with them I spent more time on the back end when they were on the road after they gotcha. got their deal and then a band called The Hire and we just exposed all these bands by doing stuff with compilation CDs and the House of Blues and putting them on the road and teaching them how to swap shows on the West Coast because West Coast has always been tough. Yeah. And then the uh, Rolling Stone and Billboard pieces were all about new music. And that's way back in the day. But today it's the same thing. If you didn't have a place like Stoney's on the West Coast, I look at it and, I, and I'm a true believer in this. There's not too many places to come in Vegas and play. That's true. As a country artist. Right. You can play a casino, but how do you get your foot in that door? You have to be tied to radio. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Other than that, where else do you go here? That's very true. So I love the fact that, that I'm involved the way I am involved here, and I, I love the fact that uh, I get a, 
I get that appreciation back just about every artist that comes through here that says, I mean, Ali Colleen was just here and her response was, thanks for letting us take the time at Stoney's, take your time at Stoney's to do what we do. And for me, that I hope that never goes away right from on. any artist. Uh, exactly. At, I, I, that's that's really uh, yeah that that's an essential ingredient too. I mean, for for artists, you, you're, you're, if they're doing all the other things right and and don't have uh, capacity to do live appearances, you know, it, it's it's the the old uh, three legged stool that only two legs. You know, it's like and and that's that's a one it's one of the most important components. I mean, it's like you need your socials, you need the live appearances, you need proper release strategies and of course good music and yeah. and even the music doesn't have to be that good either really uh, it's just it's just a matter of how you build your audience and engage right. and uh, and so you know the quality elements of it are you know can always be debatable uh, among artists who are doing well and why are, why is this artist doing well and this artist who has talent not or whatever it's uh, the qualitative elements are are just kind of yeah how it hits people uh, yeah. and uh, and but to have that live uh, ingredient is critical, and and that's what I appreciate about you know Stoney's for uh, for giving artists an opportunity yeah. to to take the time to build their audience uh, and and over time and say okay you know it's only going to do this much now but the next time word of mouth grows and builds and right. and congratulations to you uh, and and your team. Uh, for for being able to make that happen. It's fun in a sense. I always say this, and I love saying it, is that there'll always be new music. There'll always be always. new artists. They'll <laughs> always be coming because someone has that dream. Yes. I look at like the Russell Dickersons of the world. I told you earlier, he played here seven times. The last few times sold the place out. I'd love to have him back one more time. If I can make it happen, it'll be rad. But I go back to the other side of it and go, I remember the first time we played here, there wasn't but 250 people in yeah. this room. So how do I start this process over again? And we that's kind of like what we do every Friday and every now and then we try to mix in something that's worked with us before. Like Brett Young's played here, Luke Combs has played yeah. here, Dylan Scott's played here. You think of all these artists that have gone to this, majority of them have played here. Right. And I'm not saying I don't want them to come back and play here again because that would be a total lie, but at what capacity? Mm-hmm. And that's where I sit back and go. I love uh, this platform we have for new artists. And and you know uh, when I did just run into Cappy, I told him I want Ashlyn Craft. You know these are the artists that I want to come through. I want to work with these uh, these newer artists and give them that same opportunity that we did way back when, right. like with Luke Combs, that yeah. sort of thing. And uh, um, I look forward to having your band out here. I think it's going to be fun. And as the the rest of them come through, don't ever hesitate to reach out and get them in here because that's what I'm all about. Well, uh, and uh, and when that when that time arises, just like uh, as I mentioned top of our conversation, I don't I don't pitch the uh, streaming services until we have something that's worth talking about. And, right. And I it's same thing with the with these uh, artists. I mean, uh, I, I just want to be sure that they're uh, at the ready and and properly uh, you know uh, properly suited to uh, be able to uh, take that next step. And uh, and I will be in touch. That's uh, that's for sure. And uh, and. It's really fun to have a conversation with you and just uh, talk music. I, I never fun. get tired of it. I love talking music, and it's a, I love it's music a win. in general. It is. It's a win. I, I always like to, to, to say this with Stoney's isn't a place where we normally have opening acts. I get a lot of requests or, hey, man, this artist would really make a good opener, and I don't. I would say that 90, 95% of our shows don't have openers. Our stage just isn't, doesn't, isn't, uh, um, 
what's the word conducive of being able to do that. We don't have yeah. a lot of room, so unless they're playing the same back line, it's very rare. And plus, it's we're a dancing place. People just yeah. love to dance here. But in saying that, when Granger just came through, he brought the Powell brothers through, and uh, those dudes are awesome. Like another one of those opening acts played thirty minutes, kicked ass, you know. And then when they got done, they just went out in the crowd, and gotcha. that's all they needed yeah. to do was and. I think that, that that fan base, getting that fan base, that's part of it is that human interaction again. Right on. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the the world needs more Stonies. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm not kidding. It's, we got it's two. Like, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> and uh, Idaho as well. And uh, and I think that, you know, uh, that's that's really a key ingredient. And, and you look at even Nashville, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, it, it's even limited. There are plenty of places to play, but. You know, it's limited. You know, in terms of you know the artists and and who can do it, and uh, and and just finding those uh, those avenues and and elements where where artists can can apply their craft and grow it uh, yeah. is is really an essential and important ingredient. And without that, they can't reach their full potential. They can't. I love the fact that you pitch that social as, as such an important piece and just being human on there. Um, I, I always go back to when I when I met my girlfriend, she wanted to meet Brett Young. And I booked Brett Young here on a sh- on a handshake. I met him at another venue. He walked up to me. He goes, I hear you run Stonies. I said, I do. He goes, I have this gig on a Sunday. I don't have any kind of radius because it's a private. Is that Saturday open? I go, what do you need? Let's just be full transparency. Uh, he said, two grand? Shook his hand. Wow. Uh, Sleep Without You was his first number one? Yes. Okay. It wasn't anything back then. So yeah. Four months later, he comes and plays here. That Monday after that Saturday, uh, Sleep Without You went number one. You couldn't walk in this place. But all she wanted to do was meet him. And I said, we're doing the meet and greet. Do you want to go first or last? She goes first. And she was shaking. And I go, why are you shaking? And she said, you don't understand. I go, I don't understand what. This dude puts his pants on just like you do. And she's like, well, his music, you know, the songs that he writes. I go, okay, first of all, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to cock block Brett. But he didn't write that song. <laughs> just joking. Just joking. But, uh, but the point was is that now i think even you know 5 years ago social was there but it wasn't as you didn't share that kind of stuff to where now i mean he's sharing that you know the baby's mama and having kids and his personal life and yes. being a dad and you know um austin burke and i had this long conversation before he he had lax from everything yeah but then he learned that this is my life and this is what people are going to see so it's time to go show it absolutely and look what happened to lex i think she might be just she's, as big as he is i'm uh, <laughs> saying love you austin but yeah she's uh, she's got it going on yeah she's she does got indeed lexi has it yeah i mean i think that that her uh she called me when she first started um doing the stuff on social uh and then she called me uh and we sat on the phone a couple times about her um her new project with uh, the mail review the stuff. Mail review at uh, yeah. Nashville Palace. Yeah, and she's kicking butt with she's it. She's killing it. Yeah, she just called me a couple weeks ago asking about some stuff about a move. And, you know, I said, just do your research. Find out what's going to be best for the business, and that's where you want to go. Or if you're going to stay where you're at, put your foot down. You know, yeah. do what you need to do. Stoney's might be an interesting spot for that. Ha, ha, not here. <laughs> not here. Why not? Because they're already, they're a dime a dozen in oh, this Oh, yeah, you got a point there. Dude. You got a point. There's, it's, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, gotcha. See, that's that's why you know your market. There yeah. you go. Chippendales at Stoney's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me laughing. Okay, that's uh, enough said on uh, that badass, that bad idea. Not badass, bad. Bad idea. That'd bad be like, idea. That'd be like saying that we want cover bands at Stoney's. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's no different than Broadway. Like, 
like, hey, why don't we open yeah. a Stoney's on Broadway and do nothing but cover bands? <laughs> no, it's like, uh, that would not work either. Absolutely. It would not work. Dude, I so much... I stand ap- corrected. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for schooling me. I appreciate that. It's just Vegas. I mean, you're from here. You should I know that. Yeah, I mean, not so from here, but you uh, did your time. A long time removed, but yes, yeah. exactly. You did your prison time all, here. All you need, yeah, I did my time, and uh, and uh, even as I rode in uh, you know, from the airport, how many billboards that I see with... You know the the mail review shows. Yes, exactly. And attorneys, <laughs> the ambulance God, injury attorneys. My God, do, do do people slip and fall that often here? Dude, I guess so. I just saw one. There's one actually on the property <laughs> where we're at, or used to be on the backside. That it's the the, do, the domain name was uh, uh, got hurt at a hotel.com. Yes, I saw that one. What is that? Really? Come on, uh, absolutely. And as a matter of fact, uh, I was at a hotel. Uh, the other night uh, at an event, and uh, guess what happened? So, some debris fell on the floor, and oops, somebody slipped. Uh, so it was like, uh, so it was an interesting moment. Uh, absolutely. I wonder. I, I just, I, it's a. The casino was was. I will say they were they were Johnny on the spot, making sure everything was taken care of. But I'm I sure they were imagine. doing their homework on on everything too. But I think that, you know, uh, they they were proactive, and it was just interesting to watch. I mean, it was just a little, you know, just a little whoopsie. Uh, right. But uh, it wasn't anything massive. But it was like, yeah, it was like all over the place. I got I got um, rear-ended probably like ten eleven years ago on a street called Sahara here, and. Uh, some dude just wasn't paying attention in a Jag, and I um, I forget what I was driving at the time, but he rear-ended me pretty good, and, and I got out of the car, and he goes, his first words out of out of his mouth were, what do you expect to get out of this? And I literally like, looked at him, and I went, dude, first of all, wow. you just ran into me, and all yeah. I did was get out of my car. Like, <laughs> you're lucky I got out of my car, bro. Exactly. Like, Hello. Uh, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. So it's like, the, yeah, you're right. The mail reviews and the injury attorneys, you know, it's like. Uh, Welcome to Vegas. You know, <laughs> and it's good to be back. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for the time. I look forward to seeing it's called Jab Entertainment. Jab Entertainment, uh, Neon Union first signing, uh, going out on tour with uh, Jimmy Allen. I think February 3rd kicks it off, Troubadour LA. Uh, and uh, you know, they're, they'll have new music out New Year's Eve Eve on December 30th called Beer Up. It's, uh, it is a New Year's party song. And I better so, get it because we're having a New Year's party okay, here. So uh, put that at the top of your, uh, your playlist when, uh, when, the, when it comes around. And I'll, I'll definitely I'll pitch you. I'll, I'll pitch you, okay, Toad? I'll, I'll pitch you on the song. I, I, love, <laughs> I just want to be able to play it in the club. I have you got, do it. I have gotten in trouble for doing a couple things. Sam Grow came out with the song. Um, um, I think it was Whiskey Bounder, you, you Ain't Gone, and they sent it to me earlier, and I started playing it on Country AF Radio. Uh-huh. I didn't have any artwork. I took a picture of Sam that I had with yeah. one of my bottles of whatever, and I put it out. Well, our listeners liked the song, and they took a screen capture, and they put it on their Instagram story and tagged Sam, and I got in trouble. Um, I get it, but at the same time, uh, I'm like, man. Here's the deal. It leaked. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, it's like, I will leak you the song. I'll say this to your public at large. I will leak you the song this evening. You can take it and play it and knock yourself out. Beautiful. Uh, it's like uh, it's part of that building your following process. And uh, it is. And uh, we're not precious with the music. We want it out and we want it heard. I think that's that's the win of it all. I mean, how, well, I mean, I guess a couple weeks isn't too long for for the New Year's New Year's Eve or the whatever. But 
however you explain that. But the end of the day is that's got to be one of the neatest things for the artist because I look at stuff right now and I hear these artists say that, oh, I got to wait till February to release a song. Yes. And I'm like, I don't even understand the logic in that. Like that who is... sits down and goes, it's going to do better in February. And and I will I will just kind of leave it at this point, and this will be another uh, podcast discussion. That is the ridiculousness of the label system and mentality, and you know that's why I really enjoy working with artists that are not affiliated uh, in that category. Uh, and I uh, it's like, and I've consciously uh, avoided that for those very reasons. I, I bet because it's one it's one more hoop that you have to jump through. But you know what? In February, when you come back with Jimmy Allen and Neon Union, we're gonna sit in here as part of all of that, and we're gonna talk labels. Uh, I love it, and uh, and talk with the boys. They're they're an interesting conversation too. They've got uh, they've, and you know yeah they're they're cool dudes. They they're will be like sitting them. in here with me as well, <laughs> as well as Jimmy Allen and will Jimmy, sit in here again. Yeah. It'll be his second time, the and first he's time. Never short of an opinion. I love him for that. No, he no. Uh, he will he will tell you like he sees it, and I love that about him. I'll look forward to it. And hopefully, that stuff will be in a bottle. I'm not uh, saying that you'll be able to just take it on the road with you by then. I'll be ready. <laughs> I'll Thanks. have some more sips. Take it easy. Thanks again Thank for the time. You.